my boots tight, tight. I hope I don't get in a fight. Oh, back. Hello and welcome to the Got Till Five podcast. My name is Max. His name is Jesse. Sorry, we're late. Got till five. Oh God! What happened there? There's two versions of us. That's terrifying. Jesus. <sighs> Got till five. We're not late. We're two minutes late. That's like that's trendy late. Fashionable. Yeah, and people late. will listen to this in the future. So there's no such thing as early or late when people listen on their own time. Exactly. So thank you everyone for joining. Welcome to the episode. We are doing top five Adam Sandler movies. Oh, oh, very highbrow. Um, I know this might be a bit too intelligent for a lot of our fans, these sort of classy films. So um, apologies for that to you. My dad, I told my dad we were doing this. Uh, I said this to you earlier that we were doing um, Adam Sandler because dad is, is enjoying these podcasts. He actually told me that uh, out of all of my achievements in life, this is what he's been most proud of me for which is quite tragic <laughs> me just like shouting abuse at my best friend is like is what is what i was meant to do to make my dad happy and it's the thing you put the least amount of effort in in your entire life i literally i literally just roll in here and i'm like what are we doing Max? help me <laughs> yeah and he's like i just think you're so great um but yeah i told him we were doing adam sandler he was like who's adam sandler and i went oh he's an american actor and, he, and um, dad was like oh i hate him i hate him i'm not in the museum that film was shit and i, I was like what and it turns out he was thinking of ben stiller so um a different jewish comedian Happens to the best of us, mate. We, it's yeah, easily done. It's easily, easily done. done. Easily done. How how are you? We've we've both just been for a skate. I'm very sweaty right now. Are you? Yes, yeah, se- separately. We haven't skated together for anyone wondering because we're in yeah. different sides of the country. Um, this land. I was watching football last night, right? And this commentator. You know when commentators or people like us, anyone, sometimes get um like. Um, a phrase stuck in their head and they can't stop saying it. So he kept saying um, there was like 20 football matches all happening at the same time. So every team in the championship were playing at the same time. And he kept saying, um, he kept saying, every team is playing across this land. <laughs> it's like, you know, you never, you never hear England described as this land. Do you know what I mean? It sounded really poetic. But he said it about four or five times throughout the whole match. I am so proud of this land. Um, but that, I enjoyed that. But anyway, yeah, we've both been for a skate. I went with my mate Cromy. It was lovely skating in a lovely car park full of graffiti. So you feel cool, like, because there's nice stuff around you. I was skating on a new skateboard I've got, which is, um, this is boring for everyone listening. It's an 8.5 <laughs> width instead of an 8. Um, so I don't have glasses wider. to push up to make fun of you. Like, oh, yeah. mate, 0.5. <laughs> so it's that little bit wider for your, you know, for your big clown feet, if you have them like me. So it matter, feels like a hoverboard. It's great. Size doesn't matter. No. And an old man came and joined us. This like 45-year-old man just came and started skating with us. He came by on a skateboard. He was like, oh, I was just skating to the shop. And, you know, me and Crobby both sort of held our little bottoms to protect ourselves. But he ended up being um, a very nice man. And you... um, had a little skate. He did, a, he did a really nice little nose stool on the curb. I was jealous. Oh. I bet that was like the biggest pressure ever for him. That, to kind of do that kind of... And if he fucked it up, that would have been the end of his life. And yeah, also yeah. like... That you say old as 45. That's only 15 years away from you right now. That's know, as old as scary. Steve is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was listening. Hi, old man. Um, <laughs> but 
uh, that's the thing, right? So it's, um, but I really hope I'm like him. So when I'm 45, I hope I pick up the skateboard to go to the shops. That's quite cool. But he was a really lovely man. And you say the pressure he was under. We suddenly went like, as soon as, before we even started talking to him, it was like, oh, there's another person with a skateboard in the car park. So we all suddenly started like trying really hard. Do you know what I mean? Like doing, <laughs> and that just makes you fall over more and you look stupid, really, ultimately. Just be comfortable with yourself, guys. Oh, what a beautiful message to take away. There you go. And he's a friend. So I've said, we normally go to that car park every Friday. I've said, oh, come along. And he said, yeah, I might. And he said he, he goes to skate parks still, um, but he goes at four in the morning so that there'll be no children there, which is the way he lives his life. In all honesty, I'm kind of at that level as well. Like, I want to I wanna be there where there's no one else there. So there's no, no chance of embarrassment. It's just me yeah. falling. I'm planning to do it Saturday morning. There's a little um, skate park in Tewkesbury and I'm staying over Friday night. So if I don't get too drunk, I can go there Saturday morning and have a skate. But I will get too He's drunk. He's going to get too drunk. <laughs> it so will happen. Like, the last time me and Jesse hung out in London, we had um, oh, a gig to go to. And then Jesse had like a DJ competition he had to work at. And we both said to each other on the Friday, like, okay, let's just, let's just have one or two head back home. That'd be it. We were in London for like eight hours and I don't remember the rest. It was brutal. It was I, horrible. Yeah, it was horrendous. And then we had a few drinks in Brighton when we got back there from London and chased someone around town for a bit um, and then <laughs> went home. I remember getting naked and jumping on you when we got back to your place, but it, was, it wasn't sinister. It was. I didn't you... have an erection. No, but that made it worse because you went full crab mode in my <laughs> full hallway. <flop. laughs> Because you were floppy and dangly down below, and you were in a crab position, and you were, and I had no escape because I had a really tiny flat at the time. And you're like, can't get past me. You can't beat the crab. No, it beats the crab. It's really hard to wrestle a naked man, everybody. <laughs> it is because you're sort of. Oh, that was always the Adam Carolla thing, wasn't it? He never goes to bed naked because, like, just in case your house gets broken into, you do not want to have a nude dude stand up. <laughs> it's just not a thing. I say go for it. I, I fully support the yeah. nude standoff. Windmill. Windmill to get him away. Just running at the mic. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So I'm going to a barbecue tomorrow. Yeah. And I feel like all I've done recently is go to barbecues. Because right? it's all, pe all people can think to do. So people are like, what should we do? Let's have a barbecue. Let's have a barbecue. Barbecues are great. But if I see one more slice of halloumi, Max. <laughs> My house stinks. Like I open cupboards to get bags <laughs> out. It smells of barbecue. I get clothes out of the cupboard. It smells of barbecue. Everything's Barbie, baby. Hate it. Hate it. Anyway. Did you know if Barbie was a real lady, mm. um, she would just fall flat on her face? <laughs> there's no like, there's no, no balance there. there. So, yeah, she'd just like face plant immediately. I Apparently, like where did I hear this? Barbie and Ken were based off the woman who made them's children, who were brother and yes. sister. Yeah, you heard that on the Toys That Made Us, that Netflix series, because I've watched the same thing. Nerds. Um, so technically, <laughs> Barbie and Ken are incestuous. Hmm. As well as bad role models for, for young children. I always knew I liked them. Bloody legends. Um, <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. So we started the show as highbrow as Adam Sandler film. So this is a good start. Yeah, it's only going to degrade from here. So yeah, how are begin? you, by the way, before? No, I should oh. ask how you are because you asked me and I just told you my life story. So give, yeah, me, and... give me a quick, so like five words or less. Are you well? And I'm very conscious of time. I don't like talking. So I'm like, I'm good. And now I want to get on with the show. Is that okay? Fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good. I'm worried. Well, I'm really color coordinated today for, really for people are. listening. Um, yeah, I'm wearing black and white all over. It was a complete accident, but um, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, me too. Why, Thanks, why man. 
Oh, this is this why is we do this visual medium, so everyone can see how well dressed you are. With very tight little body. People. Yeah. Hey, this is the last time. Oh, wrong arm. It's mirrored, right? Um, so <laughs> this is um, this is the last time you're going to see this part of arm because I'm getting that tattooed on Saturday. Why? Why are you just telling me this now? You knew, didn't I tell no, you? No, I didn't. The, you didn't tell um, me. Oh, so, so, what so, the so, fuck so, has so. our relationship become? <laughs> sorry, babes. Um, the uh, I'm getting a little pinup lady on my forearm, and uh, I think it will be nice. She's got a little devil on her back. Is this the one your tattoo artist talked you into? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. He doesn't yeah, really want she... it. No, but my tattoo artist is a very pretty female, so it's quite easy to be talked into lifelong regrets. <laughs> Jesse bought a giant sandwich today because of a pretty lady. It's happened yeah. to the best of us. Was big though. It was there was so much cheese in it. I thought I was blind when I finished eating it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, enough about your poor life decisions. We'll come on to that in the next episode. Because don't come on to anything, mate. Oy. Um, Adam Sandler. Let's do the stuff. Like, do, you want... <laughs> do you want to do a little pause? We'll do a little pause for the for the. Oh, well, for the music for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's our top five music, everyone. I happen to love the number five. There was our top five music, everyone. That was good. So if you're watching this on YouTube, um, go and listen to it on Spotify as well, because it gives us good numbers, and then you get to hear some editing magic. And you're like, Max is brilliant, because Max does all the work. You say editing magic, I just put two songs in. But still, I could be effort. Don't put yourself down. Don't put yourself down because there's lots of people in the world, myself included, that wouldn't know where to begin with stuff like that. That's the nicest thing you ever said to me. Aw. Aw. Just want to make out with you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get naked again. I'll crab onto you. (laughs) It's so disturbing. I blocked that out of my memory, Jesse. I blocked it out. I, I, I've blocked out a lot about that night, but um, yeah, jumping crotch first onto you is not is something that I treasure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of poor decisions were made that evening. Anyway, yeah. Adam Sandler. So, we're quite big Adam Sandler fans, and he's got a bad rep. Would you agree? Yeah, he's got a terrible rep, and it's kind of deserved from his latter career, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, although you might prove that wrong, um, because I think he's actually done some um, sort of quite... In- integrity filled arty stuff in his more recent years but his more commercial stuff of the last 20 years or so has been pretty bad bad comedy but people forget how brilliant his early stuff was either people forget or his early stuff is just as terrible but we were young and we have the nostalgia factor so we love it there might be part of that (laughs) one one of my one of my picks uh got described by critics as an insult to the genre Uh, um, I haven't looked at reviews of my picks, but I can't imagine they're um, I can't imagine they're glowing. No, neither can I. But, but Ace um, Ventura, Ace Ventura was like the the most panned film of 1994, and it was also the most commercially successful film of 1994. Yeah, um, as far as box office goes. So what does that say? Well, this is what I was saying to you. Adam Sandler makes a lot of money. I, I told you he's worth what 420 million in net worth. Four fiddy, you said to me, baby. Four fiddy, I said to Jesse. That's a fact check me, people. So that's he's got to be doing something right. And I have a theory that he does these terrible movies, and they're like, "Oh, can you star in Grown Ups too?" And he's like, "I'm actually a very good actor, but if you pay me <laughs> fifty mil, I'll do whatever you want." 
and I respect that because that's exactly how I would be. Yeah, of course. Like you, yeah, you just take the. You don't know how long these offers are going to be around, so you take the offers. You take the offer and you just roll with it. Would you like to start uh, where you are starting? Because I've put an order that you're starting. Oh, okay. Um, cool. I will start then. Here's my first Adam Sandler film. Nice click. Comes up on the screen. Love it. Jesse um, knows what's going on. Um, so my first pick is a film um, written and directed. Um, I'll, I'll say what it is first. Um, it's called Spanglish. Um, it's written and directed by James L. Brooks, who um, really? is best known. Yeah, who is best known for being um, a co-creator and producer of The Simpsons. Um, but yeah, he um, had a little um, thought. Oh, I'm going to go write a film, so that's what he did, and um, got Adam Sandler involved and some very hot Spanish lady. I think she's Mexican, actually. Um, I'm ashamed to say I don't know her name. Um, and her daughter, who is a very, very talented child actress. Um, this is Adam Sandler. Isn't really the main character in this film, and that's why I kind of like it. It's a really lovely sort of romantic film about a uh, Mexican single mother um, with a daughter who is an illegal immigrant into America, um, lives in sort of the Mexican area of Los Angeles and gets a job cleaning for a middle-class family, a family that are doing very well for themselves, of which Adam Sandler is the husband and father of this family, who is a very, very talented chef. Um, now, his wife, um, who I should have looked up names and stuff of people, um, his wife, who is an actress you would recognise people, Google her, Got I'll do all the work um, for you. Okay, now. Thank you. Well, I don't like now that we've got video. So I used to be frantically going at my phone whilst we were doing these podcasts, but I can't do that anymore because we're on screen. I need to look attentive. So you've you've done this. <laughs> it's your fault. Um, uh, Cloris Leachman's in it. She's the grandmother, and she's one of my favourite actresses of all time. I love Cloris Leachman. Um, Cloris Leachman, um, people probably know her as like this old lady who's in stuff, but she was also, I first fell in love with her. She was Frau Luca in Young Frankenstein, which um, I absolutely love. 300! <laughs> My fan love in Young Frankenstein. I watched it the other day and, um, you know, she's playing the violin, which is luring Frankenstein's monster into the thing. And when they're trying to find her, because they can hear the violin music, but they don't know where it's coming from. And then they go into the dungeon and they see a violin lying there and they touch it and go, it's still warm. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> uh, they're such good films. All of those yeah, films. Yeah, Young Frankenstein's amazing. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Spanglish. So um, Mexican single mother starts working for this family. Um, the mum... Well done. The mum is... Um, the mum of the middle class family is very overbearing, bit mental, and is kind of she takes the daughter of she very much sees the Mexican lady as the help and that's it. But the daughter she takes under her wing and starts Americanizing her in a sort of middle-class way. And the Mexican cleaner doesn't like that at all, but can't speak English. Can't really portray that. And also is slowly starting to fall in love with Adam Sandler's character, the chef, but no funny business. Like it's all done really sweetly and just like, Oh, we, we can see we fancy each other, but they really respect each other as people and sort of have arguments about parenting. And it's it's just really well written and lovely. And what's so good about it is it's the first Adam Sandler film I saw where he wasn't the comic relief of the film. His character isn't really funny at all in it. He's the straight part. It's everyone else in it who's funny. And that was the first time I realised he was actually a good actor, I think, because he just plays it so well. Um, he does the romantic lead, I think, really well. He plays a really strong dad character in it too. Yeah. He, yeah, and 
it's a, it's a film not many people know and um it's very sweet it's a nice sunday afternoon sort of film to watch with the family the family it's just um, it's just nice have you seen it i have you well, the story i was going to tell because you have the memory of a sieve is you actually sat me down on a sunday evening and made me watch this with you when we lived together oh we're so gay <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have it any other way we're so gay for each other <laughs> but it was lovely and the problem with this movie is I don't remember the the plot or what kind of happens, and I don't think that makes it a bad movie. I think we were just very hungover and cuddling when, so like, I wasn't paying attention to the movie at the time. <laughs> but Wandering was, hands. Ooh, but it was uh, delightful and a really sweet movie. And I think you're right; everyone played their roles well. And Adam Sandler is a great actor. After this pick, Jesse's choices go severely downhill. <laughs> Some more lowbrow, yeah. I mean, this yeah. isn't exactly highbrow, but. Um, but yeah, but if you want to see, um, I mean, I know we're talking about Adam Sandler, but Cloris Leachman, I know I said she's one of my favourite actresses. This is just such a great role for her. I love Cloris Leachman and she's not going to be around much longer. So we need to treasure her because she's a very, very old lady. Yes. Yeah, Rest in peace. Lovely. What are your, just quickly off the top of your head, what are your ideal Sunday afternoon films? Uh, my ideal Sunday afternoon films are, have you ever seen the movie Christopher Robin? Came out a couple no, of years ago. I want to. Um, is this is this the one with you and McGregor, or is it a different it, one? The one with you and McGregor, right? Because they've released a different one about Winnie the Pooh more recently. That, that is supposed called, to be brilliant. Yeah, that one's called Christopher Robin. No, it's called. I can't remember what's called, but something similar, very similar. Yeah. But the you and McGregor you one is great. The the little the little puppets and and stuff, and you'll cry, you'll laugh, you'll you'll feel stuff. Oh. I also like um like a good war movie on a Sunday. Yeah, Schindler's <laughs> List. <laughs> you know, <laughs> easy viewing. <laughs> That's funny that you should say the Christopher Robin film with Ewan McGregor, because the first film that popped into my head as a Sunday afternoon film is also a Ewan McGregor film. Have you ever seen Salmon Fishing in the Yemen? No, but I always wanted to. Lovely Sunday afternoon film, just really gentle and nice. And also, I was talking about this film with you the other day, On Golden Pond. That was in the last episode. Or yeah. The one before that. Watch On Golden Pond, mate. You'll love it. Why were we talking about On Golden Ponds? Because Ted Turner was married to um, yes. What's-Her-Face, and she's in Jane On Fonda. Golden Pond. Jane Fonda. And Hen Henry Fonda is the main character in On Golden Pond. It's actually his last ever film. And um, Jane Fonda is in the film as well. And they play, they're obviously daddy-daughter in real life, and they play daddy-daughter in the film too. It's it's such a lovely film. You have to watch it. It's just lovely. It's one of those films that makes you cry, even though nothing sad. It's because it's so nice, it overwhelms you. Do you know what I mean? You just cry. <laughs> the world shouldn't be this beautiful, man. It's it's a, yeah. Just one more. Have you ever seen The World's Fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins as well? No. That is another film you will love. Sunday afternoon film. Um, it's a, Anthony Hopkins plays a um, New Zealander or Australian person. Sorry, can't remember. They're all the same to me. Um who um uh, so an indian is like an old motorcycle and he's been making this indian for years and he takes the world's fastest indian to go prove it's the world's fastest indian to in america there's a competition where you ride your indians and, um, and the fastest one wins um but um it's just his journey getting to america and doing it and there's no twists in the film like everything just goes right for him and he meets lovely people throughout the whole thing there's no conflict in the film at all and it's just really <laughs> nice and he just has a like lovely that, time that's gonna put you more on edge you're like something's coming something. it does feel like that 
Yeah, but then everyone's just so nice to him, and he's nice to everyone. And I, I think I had a few drinks, but last time I watched it, I was bawling my eyes out, just sitting there, like, crying. Because I was like, he's just such a nice guy, and the world's so lovely, and everyone's being so nice to him. It's just really emotional. World's right. fastest Indian. Go watch it. And Sunday. on Golden Pond. Cry. That's going to be my Sunday. Just me bawling my eyes out. So I, I nice. think I think you're right about Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is the celebrity. I think most Scottish celebrities I'd like to spend a Sunday afternoon with. He's in a nice knitted jumper. We're in the Highlands. Yeah, He's making what, some tea. That's exactly what he plays in Salmon Fishing in the Yemen as well. He's borderline autistic and sweet and just a nice, gentle man. And I my think you... Ewan McGregor, I think, is one of the greatest people or greatest celebrities in the world as far as um, he's done these amazing Hollywood blockbusters and smashed them. He's done some really artistic, decent stuff. Prudy's an amazing actor. And when you watch, did you ever watch his motorbike stuff when he went yes. around the world yes. on his motorbike with his mate? Um, he loves his bikes. And on that, he just seems like an absolutely lovely dude and really into it. Like, it's, I just, he seems like such a top bloke. I love Ewan McGregor. Should we do a top five Ewan McGregor? One yes, day? yes. Let's just sack this off and do it now. No, this. So yeah, we will. Yeah, Star we will definitely Wars. do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we will definitely do that because he's got some bangers, and you know how I feel about Moulad Rouge. Oh, and Philip you. Morris. We've talked about Philip Morris before on the Jim Carrey episode. Jim Carrey episode. Go back and watch mm. it. Nice link, Jesse. Yeah, I'm professional. Fucking love it. All right, me turn. Me turn, man. Now. <laughs> me turn now, please. Me turn now. I'm bored now. Okay, my pick is the Mayorowitz stories. Brackets, new and selected. I don't know what the new and selected means. Never heard it's, of it. I know you haven't because you're an uncultured swine. <laughs> Child. Um, not many people know about this movie. It's a Netflix. How do you feel about Netflix? How do I feel about it? I like yeah, it. Yeah, just general. As, as a conglomerate, as a it's media be, entity. Between... Um... I think they're better at documentaries when it comes to their original content. They're better at documentaries than original films and series is, I think. Series is, yes, yes. That's my that's my opinion. Although I loved Glow. Um, what else is a Netflix original? Um, that's about it. I can't think of any other Netflix originals that I loved. Whereas the documentary, the, the basketball thing um, oh, yes. that was on recently was awesome. Um, the Tiger King was obviously life-changing. And they've done some great true crime documentaries as well. Do you remember the days of lockdown where it was just playing Animal Crossing and watching Tiger King? <sighs> God, it was good. Ah, oh, the greatest time. Anyway, the Merowitz stories. Get get this for a cast, Jesse. Are you ready? Adam Sandler. I'm legend. Just going to do this behind closed ears because your dad's listening. Ben Stiller. Oh, God, not that bastard. Arr, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> uh, Dustin Hoffman and Emma Thompson. How much do we love Emma Thompson? We love Emma Thompson. You know who uh, Bobby says um, Emma Thompson looks like? Or rather, this person looks like Emma Thompson. This won't mean much to people listening unless we've still got a wrestling audience. Um, Okada. She thinks Emma Thompson and Okada look really similar. <laughs> One's a six foot four Japanese man. Yeah. The other's Emma Thompson. Yeah. But I can sort of see what she means. There's something in the blonde hair and sort of the sort of smooth face. I can see it. Steve says, later, boys. Have to get back to work. Have a great rest of the show. Jesse, you've got something hanging from your nose. I presume he's talking about your moustache. Oh, I see. Um, that's It's not a moustache. It's just an overgrown beard. I think if... 
<laughs> if you shaved your beard, you'd have a very um, Ned Flanders esque mustache. Hi, Ned Burinos. That's okay. I'm, I'm down with that. It's quite bushy, isn't it? It's more bushy it than your pathetic little string of a tash. <laughs> uh, with gingers, it's hard it's for us. Yeah, I meant to have a shave before this show, actually, but I forgot. It's all right. I've got loads of stories like that. <laughs> Stick around for part two. <laughs> anyway. Tell me about this. Days. Yeah, it's a good cast. Carry on. It is a good cast. So the long and short of it, the adult children, Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, the two brothers, they visit their dad, Harold, who's played by Dustin Hoffman, in New York uh, in preparation for their father's career retrospective because he's an artiste. And it's a really funny movie. It's it's that kind of indie level funny, you know, that Wes Anderson style funny. Okay. That, that level of funny. And it only made, I, I say only made, it only made $20,000 at the box office. With a budget of eleven million, but it was <laughs> but it was simultaneously released on the same day as Netflix, so technically they count that as a win for some reason. So right. they, but was, they, was it immediately streamed on Netflix? Yes, it was a Netflix film, and it was immediately streamed the same day it was released in cinemas. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So loads of people that would have gone to the cinema didn't because it was on Netflix, right? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. And this is another one where Adam Sandler plays a bit of a straight man, but also a funny man. He's he's unemployed. He moves back in with his father, who's this professor and sculptor. Um, and Emma Thompson plays the the wife of Dustin Hoffman as this kind of foggy, alcoholic, hippie type. And she's just, just delightful. And then there's Ben Stiller, who's like the successful brother. And the two are kind of competing because everyone sees Ben Stiller as they know he's the dad of of Harold but they don't really know Adam Sandler and it's just them kind of reuniting coming back for this uh show and then just learning about themselves as a family and it's just uh it's really sweet and it debuted at the Cannes Film Festival and it got a four minute standing ovation after it finished ah oh, that's a bit much isn't it? that would only happen in America that would never happen in um, England. I was watching an interview with um, some American guy. I can't remember who, um, but it was it was a it was a podcast, but it was a live podcast on a stage. It was Richard Herring's um, podcast, so he does it from the Leicester Square Theatre and interviews various comedians and stuff with a live audience, and you can watch them on YouTube. And um, it was some American guy. I can't remember who, but every time the American guy mentioned something he'd worked on, he paused because he was expecting a round of applause from the audience just because he dropped this particular film. But it was a British audience, so they're just like... <laughs> and he's like, so when I worked on When Harry Met Sally, and there's just nothing. <laughs> like, no, and then he had to carry on. If he was in America, everyone would have gone, woo! Yeah! What is it that. with North Americans and clapping? It just doesn't make sense. I went and saw um, Dylan Moran when I was living in Canada. For anyone yeah. to know, very funny Irish comedian. He came in, he told jokes, and like after every, you know, like English comedy, you just you just say lines and stuff, and you're just building up a story. After every line, Canadians were clapping, <laughs> and he had to be like, "Could you fucking stop that? That's really irritating." No one clapped. Being Canadian, they were like, "We're not going to clap now." Dylan Moran gave me some advice that I've held dear to me forever. He said, "If you're ever." walking home after a night out at the pub or whatever and you're on your own and you see a group of people coming towards you and they might be fighty or rough you never know he said just just get your keys out your pocket and just have one key between your fingers just so that if you have to punch one of them 
you will definitely kill them. <laughs> and I've held that. I've held that advice here, and I do it every time. I'm on my own at night time. I've always just got a key, just in case. That's troubling. It remind me never to sneak up on you on a dark, dark <laughs> evening. Uh, but this is what they do at Cannes. They clap, and they that's how they say if a movie is good or not. They either boo it, which I think for a bunch of grown adults in the film industry to boo a movie. Boo, like yeah, it. that's really pathetic. Hey, oh, it's awful. It's terrible. Or to clap, it just doesn't make sense. But uh, this is have, the have second people, film. Have people booed before? Is that an actual thing? Yeah, yeah, in Cannes, it, it's tradition to either boo or clap. And, um, but you wait until the end. No, no, you, you can boo throughout the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know if a film's good until it's over, really. It only takes one scene, doesn't it, to sort of make something brilliant. And it could Imagine- come out of nowhere consistently booing for about 80 minutes and then the third act kicks in and you go yeah and see that coming he was saying boo words the whole time but this is this is another i think this is another sunday afternoon movie i think we're starting off this top five with telling you movies you we're going to go through the week these are your Sunday afternoon movies that you can sit and enjoy. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's well worth a watch. Stunning cast. And it's a career highlight for everyone because I'm not a big Ben Stiller fan. I've got issues with the guy. Me and him have had out in the past. I won't go into it. But Fair enough. Why do you hate Ben Stiller? The guy directed gonna... Cable Guy. He did direct Cable Guy. Go and, he, and he plays a great role in my next choice. Oh, and I have a... F- Actually, wait. Is your... Hang on. Oh, I got to check. I got to check. Yours is. Would you like to do yours next, and then I'll link a fun fact into it. Oh, okay. What's your number three, Jesse? My number three is, I think, um, for me, this is the film of the nineties. It's the, it's it defines nineties for me, and it is Happy Gilmore. Many people say this is the film that put Adam Sandler on the map, and I would agree. And also, this movie was the last time that Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler appeared in a film together. There you go. How about that? Boom. Boom. Like an alligator. Um, and ben... <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Um, and um, Ben Stiller, I, I don't think, I might be wrong, but Ben Stiller wasn't really a name when Happy Gilmore was made, was he? He just sort of had that role. It wasn't a cameo. It was just the best role he could get at the time was sort of this, the character he is in Happy Gilmore, the abusive um, care home worker, which is hilarious, I promise, when you watch it. Um, <laughs> It's but yeah, Happy Gilmore for anyone that hasn't seen it. Um, Adam Sandler plays Adam Sandler in um, a film about a man who is a passionate hockey fan who wants to be a hockey player, but he's terrible. Um, all he's good at is hitting the puck really hard. He's really good at that, but he can't skate. He can't do nothing else. Um, he tries out every year. He fails. Um, he's he's really fighty. He's got a real short fuse. Um, so he finds out. Um, his grandmother's house gets repossessed boo-hoo um so when he's at the house as the removal men are removing stuff they're having on their break they're playing a bit of golf in the back garden just trying to hit a ball and he's like that's a piece of cake that's like it's like hitting a puck right and they're like no no it's much harder than that he's like well we'll see and because he's so good at hitting pucks in hockey he fucking blasts this ball and it flies further than any golfer has ever hit a ball before and they're like that's insane So um, a professional golfer um, called Chubbs Peterson, who is a man that we find... It's really hard to explain this film, isn't it? So um, (laughs) Chubbs Peterson is a man 
um, he was he used to be a professional golfer, and then he lost one of his hands to a crocodile. Um, stay <laughs> with he, us, folks. Stay with <laughs> us. So now he's just got a wooden hand, so he can't play golf anymore. But now he's a golf instructor, and he sees how far Happy could hit the ball and takes him under his wing. And he's like, we can turn you pro. Let's just go to these competitions. Um, so they go through it. Um, then they run into Shooter McGavin, right? Shooter McGavin is a professional golfer who is the best golfer in the world. Um, he's really good. He's really smarmy, proper celebrity, like, loves it. And su- suddenly, this Happy Gilmore's on the scene. And even though Happy Gilmore is is not winning these competitions, he's getting, he's like coming in last place, winning 100 bucks per competition. But he's trying to save all this money so that he can get back his grandma's house, who has to live in this care home at the time where Ben Stiller is abusing her. Um, he, um, is playing in the competitions. He's doing terribly, but because he's so rock and roll with it and he's fight a bit fighting, he's shouting and he's getting the crowd to make a noise and stuff. It's getting a buzz. And that's annoying Shooter McGavin because he's like, golf is a, you know, gentleman's sport and I'm the best. So I need to play. So he, they hate each other and they have a proper rivalry. Shooter McGavin, by the way, low key is the MVP of this film. I think, I think he's hilarious. He's amazing. And, um, Eventually, it gets to the point where um, Shooter McGavin, to try and get rid of Happy, um, he buys um, the grandma's house because it went up for auction. And he's like, right, so you quit golf and I'll give you the back this house. Just fuck off and leave my sport alone. And Happy's like, no, I, I've got too much pride for that. So we're, I'm going to beat you in the next competition. And it's like, oh, shit. So um, Chubbs takes him playing mini golf because his putting game was what he was shit at, right? He can hit the ball far. It's amazing. But he can't putt. That's like the intricacy of the game. So they go to a mini golf thing, like a crazy golf thing, you call it in England. And um, he learns how to putt with Chubbs. And um, eventually Happy becomes a great golfer and it's all good. But it's the story. It's the way they get there. It's lovely. And it's very silly film, but it's also got a heart, I think. And Oddly, my stepdad, who hates American stupid films and stuff like that, absolutely loved this film because really? he loves, he, yeah, he loves golf, and he just he just liked the, um, I don't know, like I think the fact it was golfy, which is something he was passionate about, helped. But, but it was a good I think spoof they, of golf. Yeah, it, it gets everything right. Do you know what I mean? It's not just silly American humor; it does actually parody the gentlemanliness and stuff of golf <laughs> easy for you to say um it, it parodies it really well and does everything just right and they hired like professional golf commentators and stuff like that and proper golf people to sort of be in the film so it all feels really authentic doesn't it it feels like a proper golf tournament because all the right pieces were there for that and it's yeah. great. And I think it was Adam Sandler's first. Um, so my next choice is Adam Sandler's first film. This is his second. Um, but I think um, this is the one that turned Adam Sandler into a big star because it's genuinely good. You explained that beautifully. I feel like I went on a journey just then. I feel like I need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't hate me. All right. I like okay. Happy Gilmore. But like it never stays with me as a favorite Adam Sandler movie, and I don't know why. It's got hockey. It's You're got fighting. Die, <laughs> Coming up, um, it's got you know golf. It's got alligators. It's got Carl Weathers. I love Carl Weathers. It's got fucking what's his name from The Price Is Right? Bob Barker. Bob, the Barker. Bob Barker fight. Happy Gilmore has a fight with Bob Barker, and Bob Barker wins. <laughs> well. That's amazing. It's got Jaws. Jaws from James Bond is in this film. Oh, yes, very true. I, I think I need to watch it again, but I 
it was one of the movies I watched later in life. It wasn't one I watched in our like teen years. Right, that explains a lot then. So I watched it when I got a. Um, I'll get more into this later, but I got a. Um, my mum bought it for me. It was a three video set. Do you remember videos, kids? Um, of um, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, and Big Daddy. It was a triple, triple video set. And that was just my, that was my video Bible. Do you know what I mean? I just had those three films on repeat constantly. It was great. Big Daddy, Adam Sandler's highest grossing movie. Which is mad. Because it's not up there. It's not up there for It's me. a good film. It's a good, it's good film. film. So that kid, I mean, this is obvious when you sort of know the biz, but before like you sort of think about it, um, that kid is a twin and he's played by twins, right? Because yeah. legally you can't have kids working like long actor hours. So normally when you see kids in stuff, it's twins or triplets so that they can just swap them around and no kid is getting too knackered, particularly in soap operas and stuff. But that's once you know that, you can sort of you can work out which one's which and you can see which twin is in which scene. It's quite cool. We could be in a movie together. I think we're quite twinny. We're twinny enough. Well, we're both wearing the same sort of hat today, and so, um, you're you're not wearing your glasses, but we do both wear glasses now. And it's true, we've got similar similar dress sense, I suppose, haven't we? Yeah, you're, um, yeah. Your trousers are a bit tighter than mine, but other than that, but then your ladies. So it's you know. <laughs> Have you ever seen them in the same room together, Jesse? What your willy and what are you talking about? Oh, our, our willies. The term yeah. willies. Why do you still use the term willies? <laughs> It's, it's non-threatening. Everything else sounds a bit aggressive, doesn't it? Your todger. Todger's uh, yeah, okay. Todger's okay. Todger's yeah. all right. Winky. I still say, um, whenever I go for a wee, I still I'll just go, Bobby, oh, I'm just going for a winky wee. <laughs> Bobby's like, I wish you wouldn't say that. <laughs> you're, you're killing the romance every day. Yeah, it completely desexualizes everything about me. I'm just having a winky wee before I mess myself. You said that in public with me as well, so... Oh, it's really funny. If you ever want to embarrass Max, just shout, I've messed myself really loudly when you're with him. <laughs> no, the problem with that is because then everyone looks at you like I'm his carer and I actually have to do something. No one's embarrassed by him. <laughs> it is funny. It's worth doing. Even drop your trousers around your ankles. I mean, like, you'd think you'd be the one embarrassed, but you're, it's not. The person you're with is more embarrassed than you when you do that. That's what I've learned. Yeah, because everyone, again, looks at me to care for you. Yeah, and you're doing does a bad con- <laughs> does, does that not concern you that people look at me as your carer? <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. I'm just living my best life. This podcast is all just a make-a-wish. It's all a make-a-wish. <laughs> I always wanted to do a podcast. That's a really funny picture. Do you remember Nick, who works... Uh, he still works at HMV, but um, I used to work at HMV um, in the stock room. Nick, he listens sometimes, actually. Hi, he Nick. actually wants Click to be number one, a voice he's going to riot. Does he? Yeah. Um, so um, I was at Nick's wedding and uh, there's a picture um, at the reception of me sort of hugging Nick. But I'm I'm wearing this flat cap, right? Because I thought I was cool. So I was wearing a flat cap to a wedding and like the shirt and my waistcoat. And I'm like, yeah, I look like a chimney sweep. Um, but I was going and um, I, there's this picture of me giving him a hug. And I don't know what was up with me that month. I must have like missed my dinners because I was like really skinny. And this hat looks massive on me. And I've sort of just got my arms around his neck. And it does look like, you look at the picture, it looks like I'm quite ill and he's granted a make-a-wish for me tonight just so I can visit him. <laughs> I'm like giving him a cuddle. It's really funny. There was that time in your life when you were between girlfriends and there was no one to care for you that you just lived off banana smoothies and Papa John's. 
Yeah, banana and peanut butter smoothies. I mixed it together. We had to bulk up a little bit. Well, uh, that was that was the idea, but it turns out when you just eat that and pizza, it doesn't just work. Shit yourself, you, have to, don't you? you have to you have to exercise as well. Apparently, no one told me. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I know. Just without a girlfriend is the worst situation you'll ever find yourself in. <laughs> he turns into Gollum. He's just like, <laughs> ch- chewing on raw fish. <laughs> raw fish in my mouth. Stupid. Okay. Um, we've done anything else you want to say on Happy Gilmore? Um, not really. Just that um, it's great performances for. Oh, it is. Um, Forgotten her name again. The blonde hot mum from um, Modern Family. Yes. Married to Phil Dunphy, who was one of our top five American heroes last time. Um, her, um, she is the love interest in Happy Gilmore. And she plays a blinder. Everyone plays a blinder. Um, it's just a lovely film. Very funny. If you like golf or if you like American films. If you, if like, you like crocodiles. Hockey, if you like, like crocodiles. If you like one-armed former golfers. Um, it's just, it's, just you. it's great. And also, I think I've realised why I love Adam Sandler so much. And because all the British humour I love, right, is sort of, um, and it's not stuff you particularly like. It's um, Ricky Gervais stuff, like Extras and Office. It's Alan Partridge. It's um, League of Gentlemen to a degree. Like, um, sort of, it's comedy that revolves around reactions, awkward reactions are more funny than what's actually said. And Adam Sandler does that in his films. There's a lot of um, the comedy comes from the character just looking at what's happened. And that's funnier than what's happened. Does that make sense? There's it a lot of that in this film. Yeah. And that feels British. To, that's become a real British trope. And it's why I love so much British humour. But Adam Sandler does that in so much of this. Like when um, when Happy Gilmore knocks Chubbs' hand off. And he says, oh, don't worry about that. It's made of wood real sturdy. And then the lorry runs the hand over. That's quite funny. But the comedy comes from just the way Chubbs looks at the road, right? Like, that is the funniest bit. Just the way he turns to it. And also, when um, Shooter McGavin says, it's probably the most famous line in the film. And he says, you better watch it, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. And then Adam Sandler goes, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? And the comedy comes from Shooter McGavin just going, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just his embarrassment is funnier than the actual line. Do you know what I mean? Is, it's brilliant. Is this one of your, I feel like this has always been a divide in our friendship that I, I'm a traitor to the British nation. Yeah. And you've always, you've always had issues this with me. Land. This land. You've always <laughs> had issues with me turning my back on this land. And let's talk about that. Now? You want to go into that now? Yeah. I think you're horrible. Um, so <laughs> The Queen should cast you out. <laughs> so, I don't know, like, you... Why? I don't... You? I just don't understand you people. I, I don't understand. You said to me the other week, you don't understand why Alan Partridge is funny. You just don't understand that. Don't get that. I can't get angry at you for that, but I... But, but it I want to. Really livid. Yeah, it's so... It's just perfect for me. There's nothing better to me than awkward comedy. And I've I've since met other people as I've grown up who also don't like awkward comedy. And I, but I, I don't know. I think I've got quite a dark sense of humour, I think. And I'm, I'm big into schadenfreude and just, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think it's possible to say something offensive ever as long as it's delivered correctly. So you can say anything, 
but as long as the right character is saying it in the right scenario, you're laughing at that person saying it, not what not what that person is saying, if that makes sense. And that is what characters like Alan Partridge and David Brent can do. And I think writing characters like that is artistry. And it's just, oh, I don't know. They just, a lot of these British characters like David Brent and Alan Partridge um, and a lot of the League of Gentlemen sketches as well, they, you're laughing at them for how stupid they are, but they're also kind of making valid points as well, which you hate yourself for sort of going, oh God, in weak moments, I've thought that as well. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's just so well done. It's, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it really. I think, well, I think you explained that beautifully. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, one one day I'll sit you down and just. Um, I bet you didn't watch that like five minute Alan Partridge clip I sent you to just say. Just I watch did with this. the house, with the house. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I watched it all. Right, and you still and you didn't find that funny. No, I didn't get it. That baffles me. For anyone who's listening who's a Partridge fan, I sent Max when um, in the first episode of I don't know Alan Partridge when he's having being shown round the house he thinks he's going to buy at the time, his five bedroom bastard house, and he um, is just being shown like the uh, the table that's an extender and stuff like that like it's just it's so good but oh, if you don't get it you don't get it but when jesse says he's gonna sit me down and show me it it means i i come to visit for a nice weekend and i get duct taped to a chair in his basement yeah i get drunk it's like clockwork orange style i'm gonna have your eyes open, stuck open and but it's oh it's it's so good and you're a fan of the american office and i love the american office yeah. and i don't understand why you can't just take that step to the english office because it's not that dissimilar really it's just a little bit more raw. I think I'm just a simplistic yank who was born in the wrong country, and I just I'm not I'm not intelligent enough for you, for you limey fucks. Well, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> You've been waiting years to say that. <laughs> okay, um, my pick number two. We've done quite a few serious ones, and this is this is another serious one because I didn't want to go all ridiculous. We'll do honorable mentions of ridiculous Adam Sandler movies, but I really I, want to. I, I know what your number one is, and um, I, think, <laughs> I think we go we go very different for that. We yeah yeah very similar but very different. Okay, yeah. so so my number two is Uncut Gems. Now this got actual Oscar buzz last year, and I think it was actually nominated. I'm going to check that in a second. You've not in, you've not you've not seen Uncut Gems yet, have you? No. Why not? I've, I haven't even heard of it until now. You know why I'm like I live under a rock with new stuff. I just if it if it came out if it came out not in the 90s or early 2000s, I'm not bothered, mate. The the problem is we're doing this podcast. We're starting to catch up with general popular culture, so Jesse's a bit lost. When we were so doing wrestling, season by fire. We're talking about wrestling 20 years ago, which is like Jesse saw yesterday. He knew exactly what we were on about. <laughs> now we're talking about films that came out last year. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I can't do that. Um, yeah. It's cinema died for me in 2004. Mm. Well, I think you'll love this movie. It is probably Adam Sandler's greatest ever movie. I've not put it as number one because we've got to have the lowest <laughs> number one. We just got it. But it's about a charismatic jeweler who makes a high-stakes bet that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. In a precarious high-wire act, he must balance business, family, and adversaries on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. So he plays this kind of like smarmy, slimy jewel dealer, and he's always trying to make the next buck and the next deal, but he's always gambling on basketball and stuff. I feel like this is very similar to how Adam Sandler actually lives his life. I'm not sure. I'm just... Okay. I'm just I'm just I'm just assuming. But a bit of, a, it, bit of an American Dell boy. 
Yeah, he's, that's exactly it. American yeah. Dowboy kind of thing, and it's uh, it's got that crime thriller element, and and the end, oh, the ending, Jesse. Mm. If only you would watch it. It's on Netflix. Please, will, can you will, promise me this weekend? Because you love Adam Sandler. All right, I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll watch it if you promise you'll let me show you Alan Partridge when we're together next. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair choice. Uh, but two episodes on. of Alan Partridge. Two episodes. Two episodes, and then more if you enjoy it, which you will. Um, yeah, that's fine. I'll take that. But you've got to watch this first because you have a really bad habit of me telling you to watch stuff and you never do. <laughs> you have a really bad habit of just like continuing to live your life. <laughs> You're a really shit friend. You just have a really bad habit of it. No, I will. Yeah, I never downloaded that Beastie Boys documentary you sent me, by the way. That's expired. You'll have to. <laughs> can you, I do want it. I just never got around to it. So can you email that to me That's again, please? Work and love and all of this, and you shit on it. You shit on <laughs> Max sent me a zip file, a really well put together zip file of the um, Beastie Boys documentary. That's supposed to be brilliant. I do want to watch it. It's just the effort of opening my emails and clicking it was too much for me. So I open his emails and click download. And now it's expired, so it's not there anymore. I just took a nap instead. You just you did everything else possible. <laughs> Things you don't even like. You're like, oh, look, ow. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to Bobby. All the things you hate, that's what you did instead. Yeah, sorry. And because if anyone else had sent it to me, I'd be like, oh great, I can download that. But because it was you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um so Uncut Gems should have been an Oscar winner. Um, Adam Sandler, imagine him as an Oscar winner. This should have been the movie that did it. Do you know how highly praised this movie is? Daniel Day-Lewis, Mr. Meta himself, Mr. I am the character, said that Adams he praised his performance in this movie so much that Sandler said that it's the, one of the highlights of his career. Ah, that's nice. It is nice. Adam, Daniel fucking Day-Lewis, Jesse, be more excited. Yeah, no, that's a bit, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'd, like it. I'd like him to say something nice about me. Wow. So now you've got your father's approval. Next is Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis is the next logical step. Okay, okay, excellent. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. He just, he plays an absolute blinder. It's up there with his, like, punch-drunk love performances. But I've never seen him play this type of character. There's, whenever he plays his serious characters, he just plays kind of an inverted version of himself, right? So take punch-drunk love, take Spanglish. He's just a very timid version of Adam Sandler. He either plays but that. Or he plays someone with special needs. Well, someone with special needs. That's his, two, that's his two go-tos. Yeah, whereas Uncut Gems, he's very slimy and manipulative and just very kind of outgoing, but but internal in a way as well. It, it's such an interesting character to kind of watch. And it it's, it's just fantastic. And I want more and more people to watch it. And it should have won a lot more awards than it did. But for my money... From an acting perspective, it is Adam Sandler's greatest movie. Very good. Well, based on the awards and stuff, I mean, that backs you up. Like, it seems like it was taken seriously, which is I've never heard of an Adam Sandler film be taken seriously other than this one. And, you know, my favorite award that he got nominated for, because, you know, every year Adam Sandler gets nominated for a Razzie. The, for people who don't know, the Golden Raspberry Awards are the opposite of the Oscars. They run on the same weekend and they're to honor the worst movies of the year. And Adam Sandler is like the biggest winner of them ever. They nominated him for the Razzie Redeemer Award, which means that someone who has done a fantastic role, who has previously been nominated for a Razzie, they, he got nominated for that. Amazing. Did he turn up to accept it? Uh, he didn't win it. 
Oh, that's a shame. Halle Berry turned up to accept her Razzie, didn't she? For she did. Catwoman. I think she's the only celebrity to actually turn up to accept a Razzie, which I, I quite respect her for, actually. I'm that petty. I would yeah. show up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate the award. <laughs> did you ever see Catwoman, Halle Berry's Catwoman? Yeah, I did. But I was like 14, so I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just hot girl, right? Like yeah. hot girl in leather. It's every, I know a lot of people who have a BDSM fetish um, because of that film. <laughs> Crummy's just joined the chat. Hello, Crummy. Uh, Jesse's. He says you're English, Jez. Yeah, I said I was English. Did you though, or are you Iranian? I I, I said I was English. Right, he's. Um, I was skating with Crummy earlier. That was nice. So that means he's home safe. That's good because he was cycling. Um, he was cycling home, and he, before just before he went, he's got a little mount to put his iPhone in. He put it on its side and started a YouTube video. <laughs> he's cycling home, just watching YouTube <laughs> in the dark. Crummy, <laughs> like don't. You're still operating a vehicle. Don't. <laughs> Trees, cars—they come out of nowhere, mate. They come out of nowhere. I just love the idea of him just cycling along, watching this thing as cars are just swerving all over the place trying to avoid it. He knows the route home. He doesn't need to pay attention. He knows how to get home. Yeah, we've all done it on the bus. Piece of cake. He's probably still cycling around in a circle watching this. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not home yet. <laughs> we love you, Crummy. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for yeah. tuning in. Uh, but yes, Uncut Gems, absolute classic. It's on Netflix. Do yourself a favor and watch it. Whatever opinion you have of Adam Sandler, if it's all of his goofy uh, playing people with mental disabilities, if that's how you view Adam Sandler, Uncut of Gems will... Of which the next two choices will um, Will enforce, definitely. But uh, yes, this one definitely goes the opposite direction. Although he does have some... Like, if you were going to do a psychological study, I guess you could say... He had some issues in this movie, but we won't go into that, Jesse. We, won't. we don't have okay. the time. So I don't know if um, I don't know if you'd have this as an honourable mention later. And it's another film I never saw, but I worked at HMV when it came out, and I remember seeing the DVD cover and thinking, "Oh, that looks interesting." Um, it was a serious film starring Adam Sandler, where he played a survivor of nine eleven, and Green basically, yes, and basically had like PTSD after it and stuff. And I never saw it; I just remember seeing the DVD and thinking, oh, "That looks great, good." Great, was movie. it good? Great yeah. movie. So another uh, serious one with Adam Sandler. The, the man does it. I mentioned Punch Drunk Love earlier. Um, he, he just knocks knocks him out of the park. Knocks him out of the park, guys. Yeah. But now on to uh, the real Adam <laughs> Sandler. The one we all know and love. This is, yeah, this is peak. This, uh, go on. Number one. It's number one. It's my number one. So um, this is exciting. Not mm. only is this number one for me, it's number one for Adam Sandler. And it's the first film that he wrote himself and um, starred in it is called billy madison there it is so billy madison um uh, keen people among you film buffs may know that um adam sandler's film company is called happy madison named after his first two films billy madison and happy gilmore um billy madison is a film about i've already just read the <laughs> billy madison is a film <laughs> No, it distracted me. I only just read the bottom bit where it says leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, Jesse isn't allowed his special no-no juice. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd only just noticed that. Thank you. I think last um, week was uh, just Jesse's not allowed to eat or something. I, they've been going for a while. You, you just don't pay a lot of attention. Oh, that's fine. I'll look out for them in future. Nice little Easter egg. A little Easter eggs for, you, for you, you watching fans. Are you listening a lot? Get in on the fun. 
There you go. It was very nice. Um, so Billy Madison is a film released in 1994. That's just off the top of my head. I think it is. Um, uh, it was directed by um, the wife of um, one of the Beastie Boys, which is interesting. 1995. Five. There you go. Well, I was close. Um, Tamara Madison. Davis. Yes. Yeah. Billy Madison plays. Mike D. Where have you been? Packed like sardines in a tin. Um, you got the D double O D double O. Stop. Um, oh, you maybe lose. I'm thinking about Beastie Boys now. Um, <laughs> so, um, Billy oh, we're Madison. so doing a Beastie Boys episode, aren't we? Oh god, yeah, that would be brilliant. Oh. Top five Beastie Boys songs, albums. You could do either. That'd be great. I'd um, do songs. Give a challenge for ourselves. Okay, songs. There's some. Oh, there's some crackers in there. Um, Billy Madison. Sorry. Is a, yeah. um, Plays a spoiled, overprivileged man in his 20s who is the heir and only son of um, the man who founded Madison Hotels. Think Hilton Hotel, same sort of thing. So he's like a male Paris Hilton. Um, he, You've got your uh, hand up. Well, As a kid, I thought that the Madison Hotels existed, and I'm pretty sure they do. Do they? Or maybe, or maybe they came afterwards. I I'll do research. You carry on. Okay, um, so he is the heir. So he's a complete waster. He just lives in this mansion. Him and his dead ass mates just hang out by the pool, sort of, you know, swimming and getting drunk all day. Seeing and penguins. Seeing, yeah, he hallucinates and sees imaginary penguins, which is funnier than it sounds. I promise. Um, he and um, then um, there's a guy called Eric who is a person who has been working for Madison Hotels for years, and his nose is bent out of place because. He's like, Billy Madison is going to get all these hotels like when his dad dies and he's a complete waster. Whereas I've been working my tits off. It's kind of valid. I get Eric's point of view. He's like, well, I've been working my tits off for years and I'm just going to have to work for Billy Madison at the end of this. This is a joke. So he sort of says all this to um, Billy Madison's dad, who is like, yeah, you're sort of right. He's a waster, isn't he? Well, I'm just, no, as you're talking, I'm just... We know this movie so well that I'm just picturing every single scene in my head. <laughs> and it's the funniest movie. Like, this one's, I wanted this to be my number one, but we had another one we needed to talk about it, as well. But, like, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, it's, like, it's like you've had everything. You own ev- everything you've ever wanted. It's actually, I stole Frank. <laughs> lives it up and it's got Frank written on it. Um, but, um, he, so... That he says to me, Madison, you're an absolute waster. We can't give you these hotels. And then, by some sort of crazy, just off the top of his head idea, oh, I've got a booger. Maybe Steve was right. Um, off the top of um, Billy's head, <laughs> a whole he, hour just of like yeah. <laughs> just hanging back in the cave. Um, he says, "Okay, so I'll prove to you that I'm not an idiot. I'll go back to school. I'll do every grade in two weeks. Two weeks per grade, which will take what three months, something like that." Um, I'll pass each grade, prove to you I'm not an idiot, and then at the end you can give me the hotels. And his dad, because he's sort of a bit of a character, says, oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's get that sorted. Let's do it. And we have our premise, people. So this is the premise of the film. He then, we're seeing him go through each grade, and the comedy is coming from he's a grown man in school with kids, right? That's basically where we're getting our humour from. Genius. But the way he ingratiates himself into each. So we start at preschool with Miss Lippy. So Miss Lippy is a strong character. Her car is green. Miss Lippy's car is green, which is uh, one of our favorite parts of the film. Um, I have a t-shirt that says Miss Lippy's car is green on, and maybe one in every 3000 people I encounter will recognize it. And I will respect that person. 
that's how we build our friend group. Me and Jesse wear really obscure t-shirts with stuff that's only important to us. And then people are like, oh, I get it. And then we get quite intimidated by the social interaction and we walk away from them forever. Away. But we could have been friends. We could have been. We could have been. Um, I've got, that's what I was like with this old man skater earlier. I was like, oh, he's getting closer with his board. Um, I've got another Billy Madison t-shirt. I've got the blue duck and it says that's quacktastic underneath, which is um, a very good t-shirt that I enjoy as well. Um, but so he starts in kindergarten, which is funny because he's got a kindergarten teacher who's a bit crazy and um, all the kindergarten kids. Um, and then he, when he gets to third grade, that's where he meets the third grade teacher who becomes the love interest of the film, who is hot to trot. She was one of my um, big crushes when I was a teenager. I had a poster mm-hmm. of her on my wall, in fact. Did you? Um, yeah. Yeah. She's done like proper glamour shots and stuff. And it's a good times. So I like her. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, he and he starts to and you start to see Billy Madison mature into an actual person. But it's a very silly film. It's very stupid. Um, the headmaster lived a secret life as a professional wrestler, and that's outed at a certain point. There's a clown in it that falls off of his stilts, and they, this is quite dark humor, isn't it? And it, the, the clown appears to be dead, and then later on in the musical number, he reveals that um, you he thought I was dead, um, but it turns out I just broke my leg and got a hemorrhage in my head. Um, there's it's just it's it's an odd film because it's stupid American dumb humor mixed with some really quite sinister stuff. And I think it you can only write a film like that when you're someone like Adam Sandler, who's coming up in the business, is writing his first ever film and is just doing what he finds funny. He's not thinking about what will appeal to the masses or anything. That's the impression I get anyway. He's just like, let's just do this. It will be stupid. It will be funny. It will be a bit dark. It's just it's got everything. This film so, for me. It's so tailor made for me. The darkest moments like the, the clown with the hemorrhage in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, the principal who was out as a professional wrestler, the reason he stopped being a professional wrestler is because he sat on someone's head and suffocated them to death. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third dark moment is the school shooter. So there was a kid in Billy Madison's um, high school who he used to make fun of because he was like, didn't pay attention to school, man. And he used played to by bully Steve this Buscemi. Kid. By, played by Steve Buscemi. And he phones him up and he makes amends. Uh, Buscemi... It just does fantastic acting, and he's putting the lipstick on, and then he crosses Billy Madison off his kill list. That's, that's dark. That is horrendously it's amazing. dark. Yeah, puts his lipstick on. I love it. Um, the the Crummy year just, before, sorry, Crummy just says I've been watching the whole time, which is really ominous. <laughs> he hasn't said anything for an hour, like fifty minutes. Just <laughs> Crummy is Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. <laughs> he's, the, he's the new he's adding us to his list. <laughs> Um, thank you he, buddy thank you for watching yeah we love you crummy you're one of our best mates I love mine you. too um, no he hates you i'll fight you. um he's oh he told me to tell you to sort your hair out because it looks stupid barbers are open now fix your hair you stupid man yeah he messages me like every couple of days just with hair abuse just, just with hair abuse yeah quite right too because it looks appalling fix it yeah um anyway um, I've, I've come to the conclusion that you two are just jealous because you're losing your hair but i don't want to i didn't want to attack you on air but like you keep coming for me. You've got a fringe like Ian Watkins from Lost Profits, and we know we know, we know what he got up to, mate. So let's just... Could you imagine if that's how this podcast gets taken down? Oh, don't don't say it. And <laughs> <laughs> um, people might not want to Google that if they don't know what we're talking about. They'll just um... find hate, hate from steps. It's fine. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got Ian Watkins as well, isn't he? He's a nice Ian Watkins. Um. 
Billy Madison. Dark. Um, and turns out, you know, I was talking about my Holy Trinity video set of um, mm-hmm. Big Daddy, Billy Madison, and Happy Gilmore. Turns out my Billy Madison is an edited version of Billy Madison. Yes, which, we spoke about I this the other day. So I hadn't seen the unedited proper version of Billy Madison until I watched Billy Madison on Netflix a couple of years ago. So they took a couple of scenes out in order to make Billy Madison a PG, to, to make this whole set a PG, I guess. Um, so scenes that were taken out. When um, when Miss Lippy is reading The Puppy Who Lost His Way, when she finishes it, Billy Madison expresses his displeasure at the way the story has gone and how the boy gives up looking after an hour. Fucking bullshit. The dog. That bit, so that bit is not in my video because he does say, you get out there and you find that fucking, fucking dog. dog. Is the line in the film. That is cut because he says fucking, I guess. Um, that is cut from it. Um, another bit that's cut is when the clown falls off of his stilts. So we see the clown fall off of his stilts. That's all well and good. And everyone laughs and claps. What we don't see, which is what makes it so funny, is the lingering shot on the clown just lying on the floor. And he looks dead with blood coming out of his head. So he's like, and everyone's like clapping and applauding. And it's a bit of a Tommy Cooper sort of thing, right? So everyone's like clapping and applauding. And he's just lying there dead. The lying dead bit was cut out of the video that I watched when I was a kid. And the final bit, when um, Billy is doing the academic decathlon with Eric, um, do you remember when they do the cooking bit and yeah. Eric takes out his and um, his um, his cooking is on fire, so he's clearly lost that round. And Billy Madison is going, ha, and clapping because he's won and Eric's thing is on fire. What was cut out of my video is the next bit when Eric himself goes on fire. <laughs> Like the whole his whole body is on fire and he's just going around like that, like the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album of the monk. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that bit was cut out. These are three, these are really funny bits that um I'm really sad I didn't see when I was a kid because the sort of darkness of those bits is so up my street, and I would have yeah. absolutely loved that when I was a kid. But you... even without those bits, I still loved it. Yeah, because you always go, oh, uncut versions, what's it going to add? And it's only when you know a movie so well that you notice things get added in like that. And and you're right, all of those pieces are just fantastic. And, yeah. oh, there's so much in Billy Matt. The layers of this movie. They, oh, we're going to finish Chris this Farley. Episode. Chris Farley, Farley. as the bus driver, the bus driver who you could. So he died of a heart attack, right? Because he took a lot of drugs. But I think you can sort of see how he died from a heart attack when you see how fat the man is. And when he does the I'll turn this damn bus around line, um, then you won't get your precious field trip. And just how red his face goes as he's driving. And and you're like, that man was a heart attack on legs. Like you can totally see it. But yeah, he plays an absolute blinder in that film. There's so many funny, stupid lines. It's it's fantastic. I'm um, talking about unedited. Sorry, go on quickly. You first. I was going to say, um, people who are Adam Sandler fans, if you haven't, because I know Jesse hasn't yet, watch Adam Sandler's stand up on Netflix. Oh yeah, it's I one of the seen. funniest things I've seen. He play he does his music and just talks it, but he ends with a beautiful tribute to Chris Farley. He does a full song, oh. and it, it's just really sweet and touching because like Chris Farley was a talent that was taken too soon. He was amazing. Him and David Spade was sort of a double act in the 90s. Um, and David Spade is amazing. I gen- genuinely think, I mean, everyone sort of knows who David Spade is, particularly in America. But I think he's still underrated as a genuinely good and really funny stand up. Like, David Spade is brilliant. And people yeah. don't realize that because, like Adam Sandler, he's guilty of accepting a lot of shit films. But that doesn't yeah. 
mean he's not talented. No. Um, but going back to unedited stuff um, and edits and whether you know a film so well, how it changes it. Do you remember I was talking to you the other week about um, something about Mary? Yes. So something about Mary was one of my favorite films when I was a kid. And um, it turns out I had the director's cut edition on DVD when I was a kid, which is great. Um, but I didn't realize that what I was watching was the director's cut. So there's all these extra storylines that I thought were just in the film. And it turns out they're not. When I watched it on Netflix the other day, um, the whole storyline of um, of Pat's mate, who is clean off the drugs and then gets back into the drugs and um, ends up getting eaten by his pet cobra. Like, this is an arc that goes through the whole film. And it's not in there at all. So I was watching it on Netflix going... Did I dream that? Did I just dream this? Because you messaged me. You, you were like, do you remember the scene? And I was like, I remember the guy. He picks him up from the airport. And that's pretty much the end of him, right? And you were like, yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy. And then you were like, yeah, and he gets eaten by a snake. And I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah, but it's all these extra scenes that were on the director's cut DVD, but they're not in the regular cinematic release. So turns out, yeah, I, I never knew that um, that wasn't included. But I'm glad that I have that extra layer of that film in my in my memory. I feel like that's been lost with those early, late 90s, early 2000 movies. There, there's those kind of road trip uncut, dodgeball, uh, director's edition. They were just something else in terms of what they were kind of released and shown. You know what really breaks my heart is um, because streaming is the thing now, um, DVD extras in general are just a thing of the past, right? Yeah. Like, I I used to be just as excited. I know I'm an absolute nerd, but I used to be just as excited to when I bought a DVD. I'm like, great, so I can watch this. Then I can watch all the bloopers. Then I can watch all the deleted scenes. Then I can re-watch the film with director's commentary. Like, you just get so much out of it. You It's like so many more hours than just the film. And then, like, there might be a featurette of the making of and stuff. Like, on the Stand By Me DVD, Stand By Me is my favourite film of all time, if anyone didn't know. It's um, in our uh, top five films. I think we just called it top five films, didn't we? Did we? I don't know, whatever we did. No, no. But um, Stand By Me is in Summit, we did. Um, but there's a, like, 45-minute featurette sort of documentary on the DVD, which is amazing. And I know so much cool stuff about the filming of that film because of that documentary. And it's because I had the DVD and I watched it on repeat. And then I watched it with director's commentary all the time, as much as I'd watch the regular film. And it's you just learn so much and get into it. And that stuff isn't there anymore. Educate your kids, guys. Educate your kids. I always remember um, whenever you hung out with Sam Wood on a weekend, which was pretty much <laughs> every single weekend when we were growing up, um, yeah. he would just he would put on Lord of the Rings. It was just like the go-to. We would watch Dog Soldiers, um, Lord of the Rings, and... 13 ghosts or some other crappy horror movie but he'd always put on lord of the rings but he'd only put it on with director's commentary so i yeah. know way too much about lord of the rings <laughs> way too much and then it's we great. go in this back garden because like sam used to be in like into medieval swords and instruments and stuff and as 13 year olds there'd be like six of us with swords bow and arrows and we just used to have at it he shot me with his bow and arrow once at a house party he was rob at the got, top of rob got a Man, dagger rob, through the eye rob got a dagger through the eye no sam did Oh, yeah, it was Sam because Rob threw Sam. the pillow. Rob it was threw Rob. the pillow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Sam. He got his own dagger. He was hoisted by his own petard. He got... Um, oh, yeah. He was so lucky, man. So he it went like right. It right went, yeah. So it, yeah. it missed his eye and went through his eyelid, but missed his eye. And he had a huge black eye, horrible, but he could have been blind in one eye. So if it was a millimeter off, he'd be blind. That was a good night. Yeah, it was good. And another house party, he... Uh, 
um, shot, he was stood at the top of his stairs, and as I walked past, just shot me with his bow and arrow. Proper, it didn't have an arrow on the end, but it was so it was just flat wood on the end of the arrow, and it still it got me right there. And I've still got a bit of a scar. I think I've tattooed over it now, but there was uh, a, a scar there. Um, can, can I tell you my favorite story involving a sword? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, like Sam got us all into to this medieval stuff. So I went up to Scotland and I bought a sword from Scotland. And I used to keep it under my bed. And I had a house party when I was like 13, 14. And this is when Jamie lost his virginity with Alex, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I forgot that happened at your place. So he, in, in my room, by the way, the son of a bitch. Yeah. So he, many things happened that evening. So he lost his virginity in my bedroom by, and he also sealed my bedroom shut with my Xbox controller and broke my <laughs> Xbox controller. Because clearly I wasn't getting any. With <laughs> with this cable that he wrapped around the door. So he sealed it shut with that. Kevin and Rob were trying to get in because they knew what was going on. So they were banging and bashing in the door. Jamie did his business with Alex. And he found... <laughs> is this? And he found my sword. He found this, like... And it was a proper, like, six-foot sword under my bed. Yeah. And he takes it. And Jamie is like... he's a. He was a big dude. <laughs> He's just lost his virginity. He's not He's just lost his... He is like, there <laughs> are his shit right now. He rips off the door of my bedroom, holding the sword. Like, I think he was buck naked. I have the power! And he was either buck naked or he was in shorts. And then, like, Kevin and Rob looked at him because they were, like, drunk as fuck. And they looked at him and they were just like, holy shit. Imagine Jamie, who looks like a Mongolian warlord, holding a sword buck naked. <laughs> a freshly cheeked penis. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin runs down the hallway and illogically jumps down my stairs. And at the bottom of my stairs is just a brick wall. There's like Kevin, a gap Ke of this. Kevin, for everyone listening, Kevin's about six foot foot. Like he's built like John Cleese. Like he's, he's built like John Cleese. Step around, yeah. There's a gap of like a foot at the bottom of my stairs before a brick wall. He sees Jamie running at him with the sword and he plummets down these stairs, smacks into the bottom of the brick wall, falls down, vomits, and Jamie stands victorious holding the sword. <laughs> After not only conquering his woman, but his foe at his feet. He had the best night ever. He's been like, he's been trying to reach that night for the rest of his life, I think. It, it's why his life has failed miserably. <laughs> it's never been, it's been downhill since that was his peak. And that's my favorite story of someone with a sword. And I'm so glad I get to say my favorite story of someone with a sword. <sighs> oh, that's funny. That's a great story. I love that story. I haven't heard that for years. I forgot about it until that came back. I liked it. <laughs> okay. Um, my number one. We're, we're keeping the similar trend of Billy Madison. And we're going I love for... that this is your number one. <laughs> what a boy. So <laughs> what sucks. It really, really sucks. So Bobby Boucher Jr. is a socially inept, stuttering 31-year-old, somewhat mentally challenged water boy for the University of Louisiana football program. I think that's the nicest way it can be put, right? Is that, yeah. Did you, did you make that up? Or is no, that I read that. Right I had up. to read that, otherwise yeah. I wouldn't have had a chance. <laughs> he a retard who lives with his mama. <laughs> So he's, he lived with his mum, who's this overprotective, extremely religious mother named Helen. Um, and she believes that her husband died of dehydration in the Sahara while surfing in the Peace Corps. And that's why Bobby Boucher <laughs> became a water boy. Because <laughs> his daddy can <laughs> It's... <laughs> 
Even the it's premise. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one. You sort of. Oh. You can totally understand why people hate these stupid films, can't so you? So much. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the reason that he becomes a water boy and he starts working for this football team, like the top tier football team um, in Louisiana. And college, college football team. Not college like, football team, yeah. not like NFL, like college football team. And they 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 tease him, but he takes his job very seriously. He's got to check the PHP levels of the water and they bully him for years. And then event, why does he get fired? I can't remember why he gets fired. Um, They just have to cut back, I think. I think yeah, they just no, no, no. To, like, hey, water boy! You're fine. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then he ends up working for a lesser team, like the worst team in the league in Louisiana. And it's run by Jesse's number two American hero. From last show, Coach Klein. Coach Klein. Played by um, the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler, in Henry the role of his Winkler. life. Yeah, uh, American Hero. Check out the last episode; it's good stuff. And Coach, do you, you did it so well last time? Do you want to explain who Coach Klein is as a person, as a coach? So, Coach Klein is a man who had it all. He was um, a phenomenal coach. He came up with these incredible plays. He had a notebook that had them all in. In the seventies, he was the man. He was full of confidence. And then, by the team that ironically um, fired the water boy initially, um, the coach of that team bullies Coach Klein into giving up his notebook, destroys his confidence and leads him to have a mental breakdown. Um, so he loses all of his confidence. But um, through the help of the water boy, he does slowly build up his confidence again and um, becomes a tremendous coach because he and, and because he's got empathy for the players, which the other coach doesn't. The other coach just wants to win. Coach Klein has empathy. He treats everyone like humans and he proves that you know, everyone's entitled to have a bit of a breakdown sometimes and be a bit sad or um, have some funny moments. But it's not about it's not about that. That's not the test of your character because that can happen to anyone. And you're not a less person for that happening to you. It's how you bounce back and how you overcome those challenges that truly define you, which makes Coach Klein a true American. God bless you, Coach Klein. And Coach Klein is the reason for our main plot of the movie because he sees um adam sandler's character the water boy being bullied and he tells him to stand up for himself and he's Absolutely. a very shy <laughs> very shy timid person so he, he struggles to kind of stand up for himself and they learn that when bobby boucher gets angry he gets violent and they make him the linebacker so for people who don't know american football the linebacker is the defensive block who stops you getting to the <clears> quarterback he's the one that hits people he hit people. You don't like you hit him. Um, so they they learned that he is a natural linebacker and they just get him angry. And that's the comedy. And he the only way he can do it is if he gets a full college scholarship and he gets it through um the school program. He's always been homeschooled and he learned yeah, he was raised by a very backwards religious mum, played by um Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, yes. And who, who, yeah, who is obviously um, the woman in Misery, um, which is what she'll always be best known for. But yeah, she is a very, very good actress in loads of stuff. Exactly. And uh, he co he goes to classes and teachers try and teach him. And he says, my, 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 mama, my, mama, my mama says, and that's my favorite thing ever. And what, what did you tell me the other day that you know because of Waterboy? Um, um, that the alligators are naturally angrier because they have an enlarged Abdullah Abmangada. There you go. Do you know what an Abdullah Abmangada is? It's the bit in the brain that controls your anger senses. 
There you go. So see, that is what's mentioned in this lesson in Waterboy. And because we obsessively watch these stupid films, we know stuff like that. So we're actually quite clever. Exactly. Exactly. And he meets a lovely lady named Vicky Valancourt, who is a is a bit of a bit of a rough girl. It's kind of she's, kind of she's so hot. She's like, like my it's like mine and Jesse's thing. It, it's that that's like the pedestal. Vicky Valancourt. Women, women that could beat you in a fight. <laughs> that's oh. that's my that's my that's my thing. If my first dates end in a fight. She's the one. Yeah, if she's pinning you down, screaming for the police. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, she's the one. Help me, she's the one. Uh, and and the mother always goes, little girls are the devil. And that's, yeah, that's no little girls things. allowed. Yeah, And a cameo for all of our um, wrestling fans that still listen from the big show um, in this film. He plays Captain Insano, um, <laughs> who... Uh, who and um Steve, what's his name? Well, who, fucking hell. Um what's his name? WCW commentator, commentates for AEW now. Um Tony Shavani. Tony Shavani. So Tony Shavani is the one with the mic with Gavone. Captain Insano. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so cameo from both of them in um The Waterboy. He phones up, ask, what was it? He phones up, he asks a question, and then the Captain Insane is like, What are you, kid? Like nine, ten. Yeah. And the water boy goes, I'm 34 years old, so <laughs> <laughs> funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like the water boy is the stupidest. This is the movie I was talking about earlier where they said it's an insult to the genre. They called Water Boy an insult to the genre. <laughs> an insult to comedy. But not even comedy, like stoner stupid comedy. They said yeah. it was an insult to that. Insult the lowest brow comedy you can think of. This is an insult to that. <laughs> But it's so good, and it's a sports movie. Sports movies are always good, and they make you feel good afterwards. And there's like, oh, just just a bit where he starts visualizing people saying shit about his mama, and then when that guy gets a touchdown, he throws the ball to him to get a touchdown, and then he just drop kicks him in the face. <laughs> Comedy gold. Comedy gold. So who right would win? So these are two talented footballers, right? So if Bobby Boucher from the Waterboy is linebacker on one team. Um, but we've got Forrest Gump oh. on the other team in his college football days. Who's winning? Who's winning that collision? It's difficult because because Gump's a, Gump's a runner. He's Gump's a right a, wing, he's a runner. Yeah, But you, you've got the best defensive tackle in the game. That's the, that's the question, isn't it? Could Bobby Boucher catch Forrest Gump? He could catch Forrest Gump. You reckon? Like, yeah. You've got the best defensive guy against him, but we could do proper sports commentary on this. Gump when, yeah. was Gump was a hell of a runner. He didn't stop. He didn't and stop for no man. I mean, you you could say he ran Forrest ran. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump! I haven't watched Forrest Gump until since you and me took too much MDMA. Yeah. Um. So my dad talked about that. Funnily enough, he said he was talking about how much he enjoys the <laughs> show. He was talking about how much he enjoys the show, and then he was like, um, "There's some bits that concern me, like when you I, took, I did this to my son, talk about um, taking MDMA." <laughs> it was like it was an accident, Dad. <laughs> we we were spiked, which somehow makes it okay. We were spiked by someone we know and love, which makes it who's worse, one of I our think. closest personal friends. Yeah, and remains so to this day. She was just like, who is now a thought, mother. I just thought it would cheer you up. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, the night after we watched Forrest Gump, very sad, but it was glorious, um, glorious times. Yeah. But uh, the Water Boy, it, uh, I still, I, st I will fight this to the death. That it is a funny movie. 
I don't care who you are if you're just letting you know it's not for me, darling. <laughs> it's not. It's funny as shit. And it's got layers to it. And it's got heart to it when the whole town shows up. And then oh, you've got yeah, Rob Schneider being like, cut his fucking head off. It's You it's can do heart. it. Which is you sampled which is sampled in um uh Offspring. The Offspring sample that in one of their most famous songs, don't they? Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Yeah. And I send that gif more is than it? I no, care it's to not- admit. You could do it. Is that's not pretty fly for a white guy, is it? Um, no, it's original prankster. You could do it until the break of dawn. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's yeah. So Waterboy is good, and the guy who plays the um, the you know, the weird farmer dude who no one can understand what he's saying. <laughs> The defensive coach, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's just a farmer who just speaks incoherently throughout the whole thing. He plays. Um, this is an honourable mention, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Fifty First Dates, which is another very good Adam Sandler film, um, with Drew Barrymore. Um, he plays Drew Barrymore's dad in that film. And do you remember what a straight character that is? And like, he's quite a blokey, sort of intimidating character. And it's the same. Yes. Like, it's the same guy. This is him. Uh, Farmer Fran, was that it? Farmer Fran. <laughs> Farmer Fran, who had both That's of his nipples him. pierced. Yes. I'm so watching Waterboy this weekend. I got Matt coming over. We're just going to watch Waterboy. Oh, you got to do it. I'm so jealous that you're seeing Matt and I'm not there. I said to Jesse, like, you're, you're more than welcome to come come and hang out. And he's, With five days notice? Are you insane? <laughs> I don't do. I don't do off the cuff. He's literally, he's literally going to be in that room you're viewing right now, just wanking like a gibbon. Like yeah, with both arms to keep him even. But um, is but no, no, no. But I've got that tattoo on Saturday. In all seriousness, of a nice. So that's why you I can't actually make it. But um, any other time I would have done. I will do next time. That'll be good, and I'll be able to show you all up with my beautiful skateboarding. He's so cool. Uh, apparently, uh, Chris Farley's brother Kevin Farley is in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and I didn't know this. He is the uh, the younger brother of uh, Kevin Farley, and he plays Jim Simmons. I don't know who that is. I'm going to have Normally. to do a rewatch and have a look. Yeah. Oh, what I love about Adam Sandler films is that you see the same people in loads of Adam Sandler films because he just hires his mates. Like, the best career move in the world is to become Adam Sandler's mate, right? Yeah. You just He's the fucking cross-eyed guy. No way! That's Chris goes, Farley's brother. Her... So he's yes. one of the gay guys in Big Daddy, uh, as well. You remember the gay couple in yes, Big Daddy, yes, like the yes, school yes, friends? Yes. Yeah, he's one of them as well. There That's we crazy. Go. That explains why he's in all this shit. Then that's cool. But yeah, being Adam Sandler's mate like that, you're in all of Adam Sandler's films. It's the only reason we're doing this podcast. We're hoping he's gonna listen to it and be like, "Guys, do you wanna?" Yeah, we love you, Adam. Cast us in something, please. We're good. Yeah, that'll that'll sell it. That'll work it. I'll sell it. Grown up three, <laughs> Max and Jesse. I'll take that Razzie happily. Here's a nice piece of shit. Um, so, <laughs> 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 oh, that that's another bit in Billy Madison when he's that's a, re- a really underrated bit when he says, um, "Who would you rather bone, Jack Nicholson or Meg Ryan?" And he goes, um, "Jack Nicholson now or 1972 now." No, they, they say 72. He goes, 
Meg Ryan. <laughs> as if, as if he'd only do Jack Nicholson when he's old. Like right now, right now. <laughs> Who else is here? Norm Macdonald is in uh, Billy Yeah, Madison. he's one of Billy Madison's waste of friends that just hangs out by the pool. Norm Macdonald is... And this Underrated comes back to, yeah, like to an Adam Carolla-esque throwback. Norm Macdonald has one of the greatest voices I've ever heard in radio, but also is one of the funniest people I've ever heard on radio. He's great. I think he's quite well known in America, but he's never really made it over here, is he? But he's a very, very good stand-up comedian. Yeah, but I don't. I he had a like a show for a while, the Norm Macdonald show, but I don't think he he's in like very niche circles. But he's not he's not massive in America. People would know his face. He pops up in films here like that. Like he's he's like that guy in Billy Madison, or he's in Man on the Moon. He plays. Um, do you remember when um, Andy Kaufman is on the show that they describe it as? It's like Saturday Night Live, but not as good. And um, he's doing a scene when they're all. At, um, in the restaurant, and then Andy Kaufman stops doing the, sh- and they're all pretending they're getting high in the restaurant. And Andy mm-hmm. Kaufman says, "I want to stop doing this. I don't agree with this." And then the guy gets up, grabs the cue cards, and throws them at- in Andy Kaufman's lap. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I do. That's Nor- That's Norm Macdonald. Yeah, Norm Macdonald on SNL, like that era of SNL as well. Because we're talking about Adam Sandler, uh, Chris Farley, just Chris, just gold. Chris Chris Rock. Chris yeah, Rock as well. Like, Ferrell, people who Ray have Ferrell. issues with Adam Sandler, all of the movies we listed, barring the last two, maybe, depending on your taste and mental intellect, <laughs> a lot of the movies that we, we've mentioned are really good. Like, I know he does a lot of shit, but he does a lot of good. I will, again, harken back to, you know, Hidden Gems, Merowit Stories. Watch, watch those two movies. They're great. But even if you can find old SNL sketches from yeah. that era... Is and I know people struggle with SNL because it is very American style humor, but it is just peak, peak goodness. I like it. I, I've got a um, Best of Will Ferrell DVD, Best of Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Live, and it's it's Hitsville, man. It's so funny, just beginning to end. It's fantastic. Yeah. In fact, that's there's, what I'm going to do with the rest of my evening, Jesse. I'm going to watch old SNL. Old SNL, nice. Um, so Keenan, any '90s kids like us, um, who were fans of Keenan and Kel back in the '90s, um, Keenan continues to make a very, very good living as an SNL regular. He's the longest running the SNL, longest. Yeah. um, uh, person of all time, and he he does some great stuff even now. So yeah, amazing. Keenan's been acting since I found this out the other day. He's been wrestling, not wrestling. Fucking <laughs> he's been. <laughs> he's been acting since he was like four years old and he's just carried on and then he got the SNL gig and it was like I'll just stay it's great it's fine yeah but uh, he does Black Jeopardy which I think is the funniest modern SNL skit there is Black Jeopardy especially when there's like Tom Hanks or Burt Reynolds which Norm Macdonald plays yes is just the funniest shit ever I really like. Have you ever seen him play? Um, I don't know the name of it, but he's like a sort of soul singer. He sings, "What's up with that? What's up yeah. with that?" He sings that song. <laughs> and then he's, he's doing a talk show and he's like interviewing the guests. But if like, but then like in the background, just the hi hat or a bass line will start, and he's like, so he's interviewing someone, but you can't help but like, he's you know he's going to start singing. It just completely interrupts who he's. <laughs> He's interviewing just to sing that song again. It just keeps doing it. It's so stupid, but it's funny. That's so good, so good. So, <laughs> any we, we got to wrap up, but any um any honorable last mentions, honorable mentions, quick fire for me, baby. Um, so I mentioned Fifty First Dates. I think that's a really really good film. Um, uh, he's good in that. And um, Drew Barrymore as well, really nice and um, quite a romantic, sweet film set in Hawaii. It's lovely. 
um their big daddy i do really like big daddy um yeah. i'd like that film it's part of my holy trinity videos um also that's how i originally discovered the far side one of our favorite bands of all time um because passing me by is in the opening of that film and there's some great parts steve buscemi's in that again as well as a homeless guy who is absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. and um and as we said, now we know Kevin Farley, Chris Farley's brother, who was in it too. Um, and who's the guy? Um, he did some stuff with wrestling and he had a talk show. Um, he got FU'd by John Cena um, when John Cena was oh, against Seth John Rollins. Stewart. Yeah, he's randomly in it as a sort of part, which is a bit strange. But um, yeah, Big Daddy's a good film. Uh that's about it. That's about all the Adam Sandler films I know and love. Really, I never, I never saw Click. I've never seen any of the Grown Ups films. Um, I've never, never seen any of that stuff. Uh, Click. I will give an honourable mention out to Nick because it is a, it is a fantastic movie and it's, uh, it's sweet. It's got that sweet, sweet element to it. I'd also say Little Nicky. I feel yeah, like Little yeah, Nicky. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, Little Nicky is one that kind of gets overlooked when, when we're talking about uh, the Wedding Singer. Was kind of a classic. Never 90s Adam Sandler movie. Like, you don't tend to watch Adam Sandler serious. Is Wedding not, Singer serious? No, it's kind of half and half. It, it It's probably the one that toes the line between the two. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. I, I know I'd like it. Do you know what I mean? I just haven't yeah. got around to it. Uh, Punch Drunk Love and Anger Management and Longest Yard, which for our wrestling fans, it's a remake, but it holds to most wrestlers. Um, in a movie, you've got people like Great Carly, Goldberg show up in this. Uh, does Batista show up in this? Some other wrestlers do. Burt Reynolds is in it. Chris Rock. You know, Longest Yard is a great movie as well. I remember, I ne- again, I never saw it, but I remember when Don't Mess With The Zohan was released. Yes. Um, it was very positively received amongst my peers. I do remember that. Yeah, but we're friends with a bunch of stoners, so that doesn't really <laughs> say much. Because yeah, I, I watched this movie in Canada and... They're known for their weed, as we know, with our friend Steve, which yeah. Ryan's lovely. And I was sitting there watching Meet the Zohan, and I just got secondhand contact of like, hi, because there was that much weed in that cinema that evening. Like, you could always, if you never wanted to spend money on weed in Canada, there were certain movies you could go to on a Friday <laughs> Transformers, Adam Sandler movies, and you didn't have to pay a dime. You just sat there and went, yeah, I'm good. Didn't yeah, I'm good. yeah, nice. That's a good way to live your life. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We're just cinema a lot. <laughs> so Adam Sandler, I hope we've changed a couple of people's minds, or even if there's Adam Sandler fans listening, we hope that you've gone, oh yeah, I'm going to check out that movie or see see what it's like again. My main recommendations is, on all of mine are on Netflix, go and watch The Merowitz Stories, go and watch Uncut Gems, and definitely watch his stand-up. The stand-up is so good and kind of shows the best of Adam Sandler, because you forget he is part of that Chris Rock stand-up uh, group of people. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a talented dude. We love him. Um, he's given us some fantastic laughs, and even now, like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore in particular are my two go-to, I'm drunk, I'm alone, let's just have an amazing time <laughs> films, and I just whack it, it It's the me and Jesse movies. We either watch Jackass or we watch Adam Sandler movies when we, we've had too much to drink. I think those are our two go-tos, aren't they? We're very intelligent people. (laughs) You know how I see it, Jesse? I see it as that we're very intelligent and we need to lower, we need an escape. We just need to turn our brains off. I think, yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. Yeah, nice. No one's buying it. Everyone's (laughs) like, nope. No, thank you, sir. 
Okay. Stop looking at me, Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan. I still say that day to day. Always. Conditioner is whenever I take a bath, I often debate whether conditioner is better is or better shampoo or is shampoo. better. Yeah, and then make them fight to the death. Yeah, and when when I was in high school in Canada, I played dodgeball in like a tournament, and I channeled Billy Madison. Oh yeah, when he play in preschool, uh, when he's in the preschool year, he destroys them, doesn't he? Destroys the kids. Yeah, channeled. That's to make it look believable. I remember we still found an interview with him, didn't we? And it was like he was like, yeah, the kids were crying, they were really upset, but I can't. I had to throw the ball hard, otherwise it wouldn't look good on camera. So exactly. I had, I had to destroy them. <laughs> he's a man of art and integrity, and that's, and that's what we look out for. But that's another episode done and dusted. Episode 79. Next one, we're into our 80s. 20 episodes left. I've got till five exciting times. Jesse? What? We're stopping at 100? Yeah, I told you that. Did you not remember? No. No. Oh. The dream ends at 100, Jesse. Oh. Oh, well. We'll get... That'll be nice. When's that? Like, that's about the end of this year, is it? No, no. Because we do this bi-weekly, it's like... Oh yeah, it's my October. So oh it's fine, like, I don't need to think about that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, I don't need to think. Jesse about will that. panic when we get to episode ninety-eight, and I'll say it, and I'll like two episodes left, and he'll go, <laughs> "What? What do you mean?" Then, then we'll do something else. We'll have a new podcast premise. New podcast premise. That's what we do. We we update every year. But in the meantime, we're still here for quite a while. Uh, please tell us your favorite Adam Sandler movies. Tell us whatever you want. You can reach us uh, at this. What well, fuck? What's it called? What's What's that website? There's this website on the internet. Um, it's called. Um, it's. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's, Come on, uh, this. Yeah, I'm nearly there. Um, it's uh, gottill5.com. Oh yes, that's the one. Gottill5.com. Yes, amazing. Or you can follow us at gottill5. Or all of the stuff is there. We're happy to talk to you about whatever. Jesse is very confrontational. Whenever we get confrontational messages, I say, Jesse, go and talk to them. Have that's, a word. Yeah, I- I don't back down, so be as abusive as you want, and I will tear you a new one. Um, Crummy just said, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, yeah, that was okay. What what happened to Kevin James? He he became the bad acting movie man. Uh, yeah, so it, it seems like he's he sort of turned into a comic book nerd authority. So he's interviewed on all these comic book documentaries nowadays, but you never see him acting in anything. Because mm. Adam Sandler gets away with it because he does good movies, as we've pointed out, and he does the stupid shit. Kevin James has just always done shit. Like, Kings and Queens <laughs> as a TV show is amazing. And like one, yeah. of, one of my favorite kind of sitcoms. But from a movie standpoint, Paul Blart Mall Cop is kind of his peak. Yeah, it's not a great peak, is it? It's not a great peak. It's not. It's not uncut <laughs> gems of a peak. I'm gonna say. No, that's fair enough. No, but again, good film. Well done, Crummy. Good, good film. Thank you for the suggestion. That's the end of the episode, though, Jesse. Thank you very much for spending your evening talking to me, talking to the people, educating the masses over the top five Adam Sandler movies. We'll be back in two weeks' time with who knows. Who knows? Stay tuned Maybe to the you, you and McGregor films. Maybe you and McGregor. Could we do two film shows in a row? Who cares? Who gives a shit? No one. <laughs> My dear, yeah, no, no, no. Our listenership doesn't go up or down. It's just consistently good. So it's like everyone's just. That's I feel fine. like we've yeah, got. They're all on board. We've got over a thousand people who are just like along for the ride. It was just like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you guys want to talk about, I don't give a shit. Yeah, we'll just do it. They're all Canadian smoking weed, I reckon. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> Steve with thousands of computers. <laughs>
Turning them all on. I imagine I'm going to running from like aisle to aisle, just pressing play on all these computers. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that image. I hope that's the case. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with a brand new episode. In the meantime, listen to all the episodes, share it with friends, leave five star reviews wherever you want to, and also watch Adam Sandler movies and stand ups on Netflix. You will not be disappointed. I'm going to until do that. you. Sh- I'm going to do that too. Should we have a, like a movie night, like? I know you're not with me and Matt, but we'll watch an Adam Sandler movie and you can join us. Stick me on speakerphone or something. Yeah. Oh, he's cute. Yeah. I like that. Oh. All right. Everyone have a lovely time. My name is Max Curtin. He's Jesse Bench. You've been listening to the Got Till 5 podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye. Good night. We love you. Mwah. Bye. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.